Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt, and today we talk about intuition and how our angels communicate with us to advise us about medical concerns on the horizon with medical intuitive author, Julie Ryan. So with that, Julie, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here, Vaughn. I really appreciate the invitation. Thank you for taking it. I love metaphysical topics. And these are one of my favorites because everybody has a a group of angels, but not always having a two-way conversation. And I know a lot of people want to begin that dialogue with their angel group as well to kind of help them you know, live their best life and live this best experience. So before we get into that wonderful topic, can you please tell us how you even got started as a medical intuitive? What what brought you to this journey? Sure. I'm an inventor of surgical devices sold throughout the world, and I'm an entrepreneur. I've founded nine companies in five industries. And so I tell people I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo-woo, and I'm a buffet of psychicness. And that means that I can talk with deceased loved ones, talk with any spirit that's attached to a body or not. I can scan people energetically, Vaughn, and I'm like a human MRI. And I can see in my mind's eye, broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, cancer or whatever, and help facilitate energetic healings. Sometimes I work with clients often and we do past life stuff animal communication, healing on animals. And then I can tell how close to death somebody is. I can scan anybody anywhere in the world and I can communicate with the person who's dying, whether they're able to communicate with their family and loved ones or not. It doesn't matter. I communicate with them telepathically. So it's really fun because every day is different and I get to talk to people all over the world and help in a small way with them, you know, helping them live a a more joyful life. Yeah, that sounds like lots of fun. So can you give us a couple examples of how you use medical intuition with your clients so that we can we can have something tangible to relate it to? So it's not sure. so mystical. Yeah, absolutely. I learned how to I learned how to do all this woo-woo stuff, Vaughn. I'm not a psychic who's had dead people chasing her since childhood, or if I did, I didn't know it, let alone what I would have done with that information. <laughs> And so I learned how to do this. I raise my vibrational level. I close my eyes. I watch a laser beam come from my body. This is in my mind's eye. Uh, Watch a laser beam come from my body. And then it hooks into the person with whom I'm working, wherever they are anywhere in the world. And as I mentioned before, it's as if I have a, a, a big screen TV in my head and I'm a human MRI. So the energy is going to go somewhere. Something's going to be identified immediately thereafter. There will be some type of energetic healing that will begin. Now that can take the form of something getting added, something getting removed. I watch procedures all the time that emulate what I saw in the operating room for all of those years when I was in that industry for Mm. 30 years, designing products, testing prototypes, things like that. Sometimes I see healings, Vaughn, that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. And regardless of what I'm seeing, I'm being, I'm very descriptive, oftentimes with hilarious analogies and hilarious descriptions that help the person understand what's happening. 
So a couple of examples. I talked to somebody recently who had had her spleen removed in high school because she'd been in a car accident. And her, her doctors told her, your spleen will never grow back. It's just something you got to live with. You know, you know, you'll be fine. So fast forward 30 or 40 years, and I was working with her and she mentioned that. And I said, well, we, we'll just generate a new spleen. So mm-hmm. I utilized I, spirit working through me and with me is how this works. And I, I utilized stem cell energy to help regenerate a spleen. Well, six months later, she went to the doctor for something else and had to have an x-ray. Well, guess what? She has a spleen and it's a nice, healthy spleen now. And the doctors Mm. are saying, that's impossible. There's no way that you can grow a new spleen. Well, she goes, well, you got the x-rays to prove that I did. And so what I do, Vaughn, is I help facilitate the person healing themselves because nobody heals anybody else. Mm. We all heal ourselves. And I, I talk in analogies a lot because it gives our human minds a frame of reference for this woo-woo stuff that we're talking about. And one of the analogies that I love to use is when somebody has surgery, at the end of the procedure, the surgeon's going to close the incision with surgical staples and sutures. Mm-hmm. The surgeon doesn't make the person's skin grow back. The patient makes their own skin grow back. And I think that's a great example of how we heal ourselves. So I'm the facilitator with spirit working through me and with me to help the person heal themselves. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to go a little underneath the hood uh, even further. So when you're working with a client, okay, so you, you have diagnosed through your medical intuition, uh, what's going on. And now you talk to angels about this. So how, how, how do you know it's a message from the angel? I mean, do you see an image? Do you, are you clear audience? Do you hear a voice? I mean, how does the messages come through? How, how do you scan their body for imperfections? It's not just angels. It's spirits. It's energy. It's God. It's source. It's the whole nine yards. So when I connect with somebody, I, I'm a visual learner. And, and I teach people how to do all this stuff that I do. And I, mm-hmm. and I really hit this hard that we're going to receive information telepathically, psychically, inspirationally, how we learn. I'm a visual learner. So I see things in my mind's eye. I also get information downloaded into my head. I smell things. I feel things. I hear things. It's all the above. But my primary way, the first way is going to be visually, especially when I'm doing a medical scan. So I'll connect to them in my mind's eye. I'll watch the energy go say to their liver, and then I'll see the liver and I'll describe, I don't edit anything I get because everything Mm -hmm. can be healed. Who am I to decide what somebody needs to hear? I'm the messenger. I'm the conduit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'll say, okay, your liver looks like this. I'm watching a healing happen. And then I'll describe, okay, there's a vortex of energy spinning. It's throwing off toxins. Toxins look like sewer sludge is coming out of your, your system. I, I have analogies for the healings that I watch in my mind's eye. So that'll, something will be identified, they'll be healing. Then I'll make another swipe. Something else will be identified, they'll be healing. Something else will be identified, they'll be healing. Mm-hmm. Now that's when I have an hour with somebody in a private consult, private mm-hmm. session. On my weekly radio show, Ask Julie Ryan, people call in and I limit them to one question so that I can get as many people on as I can. Mm-hmm. And so they'll say, okay, my left elbow hurts and I'll connect to them and I'll look at their left elbow and I'll be able to see, is there a chip out of the bone of the elbow? Is it, is, does it need to be adjusted from a chiropractic standpoint, whatever. So something will be identified. And then immediately there's a healing that begins immediately, always. And so a lot of them, I've done this with tens of thousands of people around the world and, Mm -hmm. and I will no, okay, if there's a DNA healing happening on a cancer patient, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. The strands of DNA look to me like a piece of paper you'd find inside a fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. And they have 
a bunch of letters on them, A's, T's, C's, and G's that rep- represent nucleic acids. Mm-hmm. And I'll watch them get resequenced. So I'm watching a mutated strand of DNA go back to its normal recipe to tell the cells how to behave. And so I've, I've seen that, you know, I don't even know how many thousands and thousands of times. So I know what that is. First time I see a healing and I see new healings mm-hmm. every week. Just when I think I've seen it all, I haven't even scratched the surface. And, and so I'm always describing what I'm seeing in my mind's eye because those images come to me, Vaughn, so that I can describe them in a way that the person with whom I'm working will have a frame of reference mm-hmm. or something that's energy healing that we don't have a frame of reference for because we're not familiar with it. It's happening in a different reality. Right. Now, let me ask you this. In terms of healing, um, is there a lifestyle or a um, past trauma, unresolved trauma or chronic behavior that causes a lot of this um, distress and illness in the body that you have seen with your clients? I mean, I mean, is there a link to our choices and and how we live our life and the issues that we hold in our body? Is there a link to that and how it manifests in our body. There's always an an emotional component that's in place before any illness or disease sets in 100% of the time. So the most important part of a healing, in my opinion, is the third part, and that's called the energy field membrane healing. Mm -hmm. And the energy field membrane, Vaughn, the best way I can describe it is it reminds me of really thin, stretchy saran wrap the kind that you'd get on a tray of chicken breast mm-hmm. from the grocery mm-hmm. store, you know, yeah. that stuff's thinner and stretchier than the ceramic wrap. Perhaps it's in a box in our kitchen drawers. Mm-hmm. When there's a tear or a hole in that, it's allowing an energy leak. Eastern medicine, acupressure, acupuncture, clear the block, get the chi to move. A mm-hmm. block is formed. It's caused enough pressure over time. It's caused a rupture in this membrane. So I go into this tear or hole and I'm shown a scene. And I'll be given, okay, here's the year, here's where it was, here's what a little bit about what happened if it's in this lifetime. Same thing if it's a past life. Oftentimes we'll carry forward something that we want to explore in this lifetime. Once we illuminate it, it eradicates it. It allows the energy field membrane to heal, which in turn allows the body to work on full power. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, We can fix body parts all day long, but if you're not working on full power, why bother? It's kind of like your car's not working. So you take it into the shop and they replace your radiator, but you got a dead battery still not Mm going to run. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if I may give an example of how this all fits together again, I'm the analogy queen to help it make sense from a human perspective with our frame of reference. If you go to a pet store and you buy a goldfish, they're going to put it in a plastic bag of water in order Mm -hmm. for you to get it home. Well, if you have a picture of that in your mind's eye, the fish represents our body. Mm -hmm. Water represents our spirit because the body's inside the spirit and the spirit's the power source for the body. And the plastic bag represents the energy field membrane. If there's a pinhole in that plastic bag and water's draining out a drop at a time, for a long time, that fish is going to be okay. But mm-hmm. when enough water drains out, that fish is going to be in trouble. And that's what happens to the human body. So we fix the energy filled membrane. The body can return to working on full power. It helps the body heal and maintain health. Mm, yeah, that, that, that sounds a lot like Eastern medicine because Eastern energy healing, um, it, it, it first starts and we talked about this in Buddhism and Hinduism in terms of your aura field, your Merkaba, your, your mandala. Um, but you are energy and you your energy, when you measure your energy and you measure the different chakra points, the different mini vortexes that make you, um, before you even learn anything about the person, if you're using like dowsing rods, for, exa- for example, it will go out of control if it's imbalanced. And then you know, oh, well, you have issues with your... Um, you know, root chakra, some survival issues, you, you work, you have some work concerns, et cetera, et cetera. But anyways, um, all the different chakra points have a story and they relate to different aspects of our lives. And then if they're out of balance, then you work on addressing those areas that are out of balance and addressing the um, 
the holes in your energy field. And when you clean up and balance out that, uh, that energy field, um, it's just gonna seep into the physical body and then transform the physical body. So that's a basic idea. And what you just described, um, so, you know, sounds a lot about basic energy healing in, of Chinese Eastern energy medicine is like but yeah. it sounds very very like that's why i asked you can you explain this a little bit further because for a lot of people especially in the west and for people new coming into this they're like well this this woo-woo stuff sounds still very very mystical but yeah. it's really not that mystical because science has already proven um that everyone is a combination of frequencies and energy fields and so um and so a lot of the the new medical devices are addressing um, harmonics in our body. And so all you're doing is you're, you're kind of jumping the gun on what we're going to eventually find out in, um, in medical devices. So your skill comes in handy as an inventor. So how, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you jumped and got, got into metaphysical. I don't like calling it woo-woo because I don't think it's woo-woo. I think it's very scientific especially when you understand harmonics, frequencies, and consciousness um, and how that transcends the physical reality, which is our bodies in this, in this case. But um, you use this skill when you were creating medical devices. So we, when you were creating medical devices, how did you use this skill to know how to create those devices and make sure that they work the way that they did? Can you give us an example of that? Because I get I get a lot of clients who are trying to use their six senses in their career in some mm -hmm. shape or form to kind of, you know, kind of like I a cheat too. code. Yeah. yeah. So um, can you explain that when you were doing that? So maybe people can garner some some wisdom from that that technique that you use. I didn't you're know quite anything. Successful. I didn't know anything about this stuff. I hadn't started studying it yet. And so that was all just my entrepreneur self. We all have intuition. We all come in with the ability and we follow it, whether we're aware of it or not. But no, I studied this in a curriculum for six years, paid mm. the equivalent of getting an MD or a PhD to learn it. And now I teach it in four Saturdays to people all over the world, 40 years later, uh -huh. because, you know, it's been streamlined so much, but the interesting thing about it is nobody's ever had an original idea ever. Mm -hmm. All, all thoughts come in from the ethers. I'm a girl with a communications degree. People say, are you a nurse or a doctor or an engineer? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a gal with a communications degree that was in the medical supply industry. Mm -hmm. And I realized problems of things that were wrong and then invented things that would help take care of the problem and help facilitate healing. So when I was given a book 30 years ago, Vaughn called anatomy of the spirit by Carolyn Mace mm -hmm. who calls herself a medical intuitive. I thought, what's that? I'd never heard of that. Mm -hmm. And I, back then we didn't have the internet yet. So I did, I read the book and I wanted to know more. And I went to the bookstore and found a book called hands of light by Barbara Brennan, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. is a former NASA physicist and parlayed very complex quantum physics principles into energy healing. That was understanding understandable language for the non-scientific mm -hmm. mind. That would be me. And then I wanted to know more. So I called her school and I said, do you have anybody in my area teaching this stuff? And she did. So I, I hadn't been exposed to any of this when I was inventing products. And certainly I was studying this stuff very much on the side. And people were saying to me, why are you, why are you doing this? What, what are you going to do with it? I said, not that I'm just interested in it. And then, you know, here I am 30 years later doing this pretty much full time. And it's a blast. Yeah. I sold, I sold my surgical device manufacturing company and thought, all right, what am I going to do next? And this just kind of has all unfolded since that time. Right. Well, what, what were some of the devices that you use this um, sixth sense to create? What, 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 what did some of them do? They, uh, my two best known ones. The first one is a, as an auto transfusion device for total joint surgery, which mm. in English means when somebody would get a new joint, a new hip or a knee or a shoulder, the bones bleed post-op. 
and after surgery. And so the blood, cause they've got the, they've got the limb tourniqueted during mm-hmm. surgery. So there's minimal blood loss. They release the tourniquet and the bones bleed. So my device would collect the shed blood when mm. it was full, we would put a filter on it. We would turn it upside down, give the patient back their own whole blood, which helped them heal faster. Mm-hmm. And that's been sold throughout the world bond for, and is still being sold 30 years later. Mm-hmm. And then my other best known product is called the bass. And the bass is a big mat that goes on the floor when, when there's a wet surgery happening, like when a shoulder or a knee or a hip is being scoped, they use huge amounts of fluid mm-hmm. to irrigate the site so that they can see through the scope on the monitor. And that fluid's coming out of the patient. It goes on the floor in the operating room and it's gross. They slip and slide and it's contaminated and it's disgusting. So oh, my that's, de- a, that's, that's kind of a, like a duh. Yeah. So my device collects and contains the fluid and then evacuates it into suction canisters, keeping the, um, the operating room floor dry and helping not only help it be better for the patient, but it helps it be better for the staff, you know, mm-hmm. the surgeon and the nurses and the techs and all those guys. And also from an infection control standpoint. So those are my two best known. I also helped yeah. develop a a device used in neonatology called a meconium aspirator. Mm-hmm. And that's for meconium babies to help aspirate their lungs to get the meconium out of their system. So, so it's been really fun to be part of that world and, and to help people heal from the supply side. And now I'm still helping people heal, but just from an energy standpoint. Yeah. See, I love, I love your background because your background really speaks to a lot of people. There's a lot of people in professional careers like medical and engineering and other careers. And they have this sixth sense that, you know, has evolved, but it evolves, grown and, and, um, and they usually use it on an everyday basis, but they are using it um, in their profession. And Many people are not aware that many of the most successful people um, in the world uh, are psychic or they have six senses. They're using the six senses. A majority of the of the successful people in the world are using some aspect of the sixth sense to kind of help them get a clue. Um, and that's why, like, uh, you know, in terms of mediums, most mediums, most of their clients are the Fortune 500 um, CEOs because they want to kind of get another insight on their investments on on something that they're working on just to get maybe some advice from the other side. Whereas stockbrokers, for example, who's always working the market, aren't very high into having a close relationship with their favorite medium on um, different things that they're doing. So that's a difference between the fortune 500 um, billionaires and the very successful stockbrokers is one is using mediums and also using their six senses. And so, um, you know, your story in terms of kind of how you, created medical devices using your sixth sense of medical intuition and then also founding five different companies um nine companies oh nine companies yeah yeah so not just medical other industries what is it what other industries other industries were uh data privacy and security long-term care um oh gosh what else advertising several different industries. And, and it's, it's the entrepreneur gene, but it is to your point, it is being able to receive that guidance that's coming in from spirit and then having the courage to take action. Yes. And and back to, cause you know, guys have, have brass balls, girls have golden ovaries. So, (laughs) you know, to have the golden ovary courage to take action and (laughs) And Carnegie Mellon did a, did a study, Vaughn, on entrepreneurs, and they found mm-hmm. that most entrepreneurs have a gene that makes them more risk tolerant than the mm-hmm. average person. And you're right about the CEOs. The CEOs are the visionaries. 
And so they're getting information. And I have a lot of clients too, who run big organizations and big companies, big global companies, and, and they get information that comes in and then they've got to figure out a way to do that so that they can motivate their staff Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. get everybody to buy into their vision. And, and as an, as an inventor and an entrepreneur, my gosh, it doesn't get any more basic than that because I had an idea. Then I had to figure out how to get the idea to come to fruition and then get Mm -hmm. it patented, get it approved by the FDA. And then the most important part is how are you going to sell it? How are you going to market it? Mm Because it doesn't matter how good the patent is if you can't sell it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, all of those steps all came in from guidance and the key is when we get guidance, take action mm-hmm. because there are no mistakes in life. It's just all part of the learning curve. It's part of the experience and our spirit expands with every experience. Yeah. I, I really wanted to touch on that because, um, you know, I wanted to break down the wall between the, um, you know, the, the quote, quote, respectable real world professional image and the quote, quote, metaphysical woo woo, nutty, crazy, because they're one and the same. They're just wearing different um, masks, depending on who they talk to. And I'll give you an example in my in my life. Um, I, I have um, many friends who are in the real estate development and I, sometimes my husband and I, we get into those investments um, with different um, projects as well. And with their clients and with their employees, it's, it's very much, oh, you know, what's the scope? What's the, you know, what, how much is this flip, et cetera? It's, it's very, um, you know, business talk. But then you go, you do the happy hour and it's like, well, what did you get? I heard a voice that, you know, I heard a voice and I think this, this part is bad energy in this corner of the house and then this part I kind of feel this really old energy and then I just kind of got this image and they're and so they're like oh let's before the um before the, the general contractor comes and before everybody else comes to let's go get let's do a sage and let's just try to clean the space and and so there's a whole nother crew before any of the real people show up to these million dollar developments well, it's hilarious. Feng shui, but that's yeah. feng shui. That's feng shui. And I can scan somebody's home or building and I can see where the financial energy is, is optimal or really good. I can see again in my mind's eye, I can see if there's a block with that and, and all of that, that's ancient. I mean, mm-hmm. my gosh, in Asia, they, they wouldn't think of building a building unless they got a feng shui expert in there checking out the energy and what direction is it facing and all that. I have a feng shui consultant that I've used for years and yeah, probably 20 years. And yeah. before I built my home, I had her look over the floor plans and everything. And she had a couple of suggestions for my husband and me of what to change. And then if I see an energy block in the house that's happening, you know, I'll scan, I'll call her and I'll Mm -hmm. say, all right, here's what's going on. Let me give you an example Mm -hmm. real quickly. If I may, the, the financial line goes from the back left corner as I'm facing the house. This is what Mm -hmm. she's taught me to the front right corner again, as I'm facing the house. So I was watching the financial line was not working properly. The energy was not flowing. So I called her and that line went through a cabinet on either side of our fireplaces, we have Mm built-ins and she said, what's in that? Is there something new in that cabinet? And and I went and I looked and I said, yeah, I said, I have my mother's crystal in there. Mm. And she said, well, how did your mother feel about money? And I said, there was never enough. She said, get it out of there. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I said, what, what do you want me to do with it? And she said, pack it up and put it in the lower level away from the financial line on the main level. I did Vaughn immediately the energy started spinning again Mm -hmm. in a robust way. And I thought, all right, she's had me get paintings out of my house. She's had me put plants in certain areas Mm -hmm. and it all works great. And yeah, the, the, uh, Eastern countries and philosophies have been using this for thousands of years. You know, those of us in the West are just now starting to tap into it. 
Yeah, I, I, it, it, it is, it is not necessarily budding, but it is exploding in interest and applications. So people love to learn and and learn some of these skills and trades and and do it themselves. But um, so enough about about that. But just for people, just for listeners to know, you can still be extremely metaphysical, and at the same time same time extremely scientific and also be successful so this, the, all those go together so you don't have to be um afraid to really just let people know that yeah i'm very metaphysical and on all my projects i consult a feng shui consultant i consult a medium i you know um use this this and this and mo- you'd be surprised most people will ask you what do you do different you know, you know, that I can learn and do as well. So May let's I tell talk- you a story about yes. that real yes. fast that happened to me. I was very much afraid of putting it out there that I did this woo-woo stuff. I thought I have businesses. People are going to think I'm nuts. When, when my spirit guide showed up, my main spirit guide showed up, he wanted me to teach the world what happens when somebody dies, how we're surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm a businesswoman. People will think I'm nuts. Mm. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get on with it. And so my biggest fear was I was going to be in a business setting and somebody was going to come up to me. And I just pushed through that fear, put my askjulieryan.com website up. And I was speaking at a conference in Austin, Texas, and uh, it was all C-suite executives. And at the end of my talk, this guy came up to me and he's, he had his iPad and he had it open to askjulieryan.com. And he said, is this you? And I said, yeah, yeah. well, I'm going to say, yeah, that's my picture. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, oh, get ready. Cause this guy's just going to blast you. And he said, I'm interested in learning more. Can we sit together at lunch? And I said, sure. And I'm thinking, oh, I, this is going to be the worst lunch in my life. You uh-huh. know, this guy's just going to pummel me. So we were at a, in a ballroom and there were tables of eight, Vaughn. Uh-huh. So I was at that table of eight with seven C-suite executives from the Austin area, most of them in IT, most of them in the tech space. We talked about woo-woo the whole time. Best These topic. guys were all fascinating. We didn't talk anything about what my talk had been about mm-hmm. for business. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know about the woo-woo stuff. Yeah. And, and so I thought, okay, this is a gift from God to let me know, get over the fear, mm-hmm. just go mm-hmm. ahead and put it out there. And, and I have, and haven't looked back. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun. Um, I love that. I love that. Thank you. Now let's talk about the transition to the spirit world. So I know you, in your, some, in your books, you talk about that transition to the spirit world. So yeah. um, what, what really happens? Well, we're surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones and the spirits mm-hmm. of deceased pets. And there's a configuration that starts off as the maternal spirit closest to the person who's dying shows up first. And that spirit runs the show from the spirit world bond. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be God or angels or some other entity. It's the mother's spirit. So mm. for instance, for me, my mother's deceased. It would be my mother. If I was dying, if my mother was still alive, it would be my maternal grandmother. If she was still mm. alive, it would be her mother mm-hmm. spirit that would be running it. And then the paternal spirit comes in again on the maternal side. My father, if my father's still alive, it's going to be my maternal grandfather. Mm. If he's still alive, it's going to be, you know, my grandmother's father. Why is it? Why is it the the female energy and not the male that comes through first? Always on the maternal side. I believe that it's because we give life and we help the person go into their go back into spirit form. Mm. And, and it's in most cultures. I think that the the Kabbalistic culture and the Jewish culture in particular, the child is not considered a Jew unless the mom's a Jew. So Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. a Jewish man marries a Gentile woman, oftentimes if they want to raise the children Jewish, that woman will convert. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's in most cultures that it's the, it's the spiritual side of the equation is normally from the woman. Women are are way more intuitive normally. And um, I don't know, that's just what I see. 
Well, the other thing is, what if the person didn't really have that close of a relationship with the mother? Does the mother still show up? What if they had a really good relationship with the father or didn't have a really close relationship with either parents? They all show up. They all show up. The birth the birth mother's there. If a person has been adopted and raised by an adopted mother, it's the adopted mother that runs the show mm. from the spirit world. It's the mm. mother that raised them. The birth mother's spirit is still there. The father is there helping They're the person's guardian angel that they keep throughout all of their lifetimes, by the way, which I think mm. is very cool. They're there. It's like the mother's the CEO and the guardian angels, the COO, the chief operating Mm -hmm. officer. So then the mother calls in the, the rest of the angels and they form a circle with the parents anchoring at the foot of the bed. Let's say if somebody's in, in bed and, and then as that person gets closer to death, that circle opens up into a horseshoe Mm -hmm. and then eventually into a straight line across Mm -hmm. the foot of the bed. Mm -hmm. Now, It's important to note a couple of things. Number one, time doesn't exist in the spirit world. So everybody goes through the 12 phases of transition, whether they die very quickly, like in a homicide or a suicide, or whether they die over a prolonged period of time, days, weeks, months, it doesn't matter. Nobody dies alone. Everybody's surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones and Mm -hmm. the spirits of deceased pets. Secondly, it's, this has been written about in all of the holy texts. Mm-hmm. When I was writing my book, I researched this prayer called In Paradisum. I was raised Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every Roman Catholic funeral is a prayer called In Paradisum, which in Latin means into paradise. Mm-hmm. Well, it talks about the angels and your deceased loved ones will greet you and lead you into paradise. Well, mm-hmm. that's what I see when somebody's dying. So that's number two. Number three, regardless, regardless of, of their beliefs or no beliefs, that's just the way it is. Matter. That's okay, the yeah. way it is. The other thing that's important mm-hmm. to note, Vaughn, is that there's been university-based research on what happens at the end of life. And the research has shown that upward close to 90% of people at the end of their life report seeing the spirits of deceased loved ones and the spirits of deceased pets as they're approaching the end of their life, either in visions or in dreams. Mm-hmm. And so I, always said, I love it when science catches up with woo woo, because well, wait a minute question. Nowadays. What if, what if you see that before you die? Cause I'll be dying all the time. If that's the case. Well, you do, you do. Oh, and that's okay. what the research shows that as somebody's approaching death in the days, weeks, even months before they're, they're, checking out, you know, they're going back into non-physical and going to heaven, by the way, everybody goes to heaven, all dogs Mm -hmm. go to heaven, all people go to heaven too. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, but they're seeing their deceased loved ones and they're, they're endless stories about that, about we sat with grandma and she was talking about seeing her grandmother who'd been dead for 90 years. And, you know, and she was there and she could smell her perfume and she was talking Mm -hmm. to her. And the, the family oftentimes thinks, oh, grandma's hallucinating. Grandma's mm-hmm. not hallucinating. Grandma's able to see these spirits. Right, right. So let me ask, let me ask you this, because um, I know people are going to be asking these questions. Um, what if somebody was extremely horrible and ruthless in their lifetime? They still see it too? They do. What? They see it. They still go to heaven, their spirit, because mm. all spirits are pure love. And we assume a personality in our human form so that our life can explore and experience different perspectives of different stories. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you think of Hitler as being Mm. so awful. Mm. Well, perhaps in a past life, Hitler was persecuted. Perhaps he was the child of the sibling of the spouse of the parent of in this, in this lifetime, in the forties, he wanted to be the person who was persecuting people because he mm-hmm. wanted to explore that side of the equation. Mm-hmm. And a way that I explain past lives, Vaughn, is if you think of the play Hamlet, mm-hmm. how many times has Hamlet been performed since Shakespeare wrote it in 1602? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But certainly same script, different language, different Mm -hmm. location, what country, what was happening in the world at that time? Who Mm -hmm. were the actors? Who was the producer? Who was the costumer? Same script, different perspective each time. And I think that helps to explain how we go through past lives. 
again, time isn't a thing in the spirit world. Yeah. So we go through, we can go through them. It's not even a blip on our radar screen. So, so let me ask you about, about that transition in, in terms of just people's life experiences. So, um, cause a lot of people really, and I, I, I get where you're coming from because, you know, in Buddhism, it's all life lessons and you pick and choose the storyline and the roles in which you're going to play mm-hmm. for the purpose of that, that story. You know, maybe you're helping people to grow and find courage and, you know, expand. And through that, they needed a couple players to be, be the bad guy. Okay, fine. Um, I I completely understand that. But for some people, they really do not want to hear or even acknowledge that everybody goes to quote, quote, heaven, um, Mm -hmm. no matter how bad and ruthless murderers, rapists, pedophiles, they all go. They don't want to hear that. And they really want to hold on to that idea of um, eternal persecution and hell for for those people who are quote, quote, damned. So Mm -hmm. what does angels, how do angels help um, people with, you know, understanding that, you know, especially if let's say they cross over, let's say your uncle was extremely horrible and he crossed over. Um, How how do you explain that to, to family members? who are like, well, he's just going to go to hell or I really don't want him to go to hell. He, um, he wasn't, you know, he was just a young soul. So there's always these arguments about quote, quote, hell. So can you explain that there is no hell? Truly? Well, hell has been hell and evil spirits and all that kind of stuff have been propagated by cultures and religions and civilizations to create fear to get control of masses, the masses of people. Certainly we've lived with that for the past two years with this global pandemic. My goodness, the fear has just been off the charts. Mm. So when we understand that all spirits are pure love and the only thing that they can exhibit and send is love, I use the analogy of the sun. It's like the sun. All the sun knows how to do is shine. The -hmm. sun doesn't care if it's raining where you are or it's sunny where I am or you're inside or outside or what's going on. The sun's just going to shine. And that's how spirits are. It's just love. People who want to hold on to a limiting belief of hell and all of that, they were taught that. Mm-hmm. If you talk to somebody who comes in, who's a child, they don't have any concept of hell mm-hmm. until they're taught that. And I, I take it a step further, Vaughn. And I say, and, and I teach people all over the world, this, our internal GPS is our emotion. And when we feel neutral or good, we're in alignment with our spirit, with mm-hmm. which is pure love. When we feel badly, we're out of alignment with our spirit and our thoughts are based in fear. We need to figure out, is this a rational fear? Is this an irrational fear? Irrational fears equate to 99.9% of the thoughts we think that are, that feel Mm -hmm. bad and they're fake. They're false. They're fake news. They're illusions. If we remember that thoughts come in from the ethers, Mm -hmm. there's been lots of university-based research about this. That's what meditation is all about. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're meditating, you have thoughts come in your head and then go back out. You understand that thoughts are going to drift in and go back out and thoughts don't have any meaning until you assign them meaning. Mm-hmm. So I, I use this, this technique that I teach called the two minute rule. Mm. And when you feel badly, you ask yourself, it takes a nanosecond. You say, is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? If it is, that's a rational fear. Get out of the road before the truck uh-huh. runs you over. If uh-huh. it's not. It's an irrational fear based in a limiting belief, which just means you don't have enough information. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you ask that question, Vaughn, you get back into alignment with your spirit because curiosity is based in love. Curiosity is interesting. It's fun. You want to know more. Mm-hmm. So the two minute rule is really handy for that. So That's hell, you know, when you're, when you're wigged out about hell and you're worried, you're going to go to hell and you're going to fry for eternity and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Go, okay. Well, if I go to hell, is that going to kill me in the next two minutes? Yes or no answer. No, 
okay, so, you know, it's worth investigating. It's a limiting belief that doesn't have enough information based in an irrational fear. Limiting beliefs are taught by our parents, our grandparents, our cultures, Mm -hmm. our religions, our schools, our teachers, our friends. Mm -hmm. So yeah, works really well. I like that. That's a really great, great uh, technique to use. So what are the 12 phases? You said there's 12 phases of transition when you transition Mm -hmm. to the other side. What are they? Well, they're how the configuration of angels and deceased loved ones change so that that's that circle of angels opens up into a horseshoe, eventually into a straight line and more and more spirits show up. Now it's important to note too, Vaughn, that angels appear to me like I was taught. They look, you know, mm. 12 years of Catholic schools, the paintings, the statuary, big wings, hair cascading, mm. you know, and soft curls down to their shoulders, white gown belted mm-hmm. at the waist with a rope barefoot. Is that what angels really look like? Who knows? That's how I perceive they look. That's how that angel energy appears to me because that's my frame of reference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Perhaps somebody that grew up in an indigenous tribe in the Amazon would see angel energy as a ball of purple energy, totally Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so spirit's going to communicate to us in a way that we're going to be able to figure out what kind of energy that is based on what our frame of reference is. The the 12 phases of transition are very helpful because if somebody is progressing through the 12 phases fairly quickly, you can let the family know, okay, I think it's time for you to come say goodbye to grandma because she's really progressing, you know, towards the end here very quickly. And certainly people take time off work and they travel vast distances to be with their loved ones at the end mm-hmm. of their lives. And, and so it's very helpful for that. A couple of other nuances that are interesting. The spirit ex- exits the body through the top of the head, Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a bubble that you'd see in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where the words or the cartoon characters thoughts are. Mm-hmm. And I call that the spirit bubble. And then about halfway through the phases, there are two extra angels that show up and they're on either side of the spirit bubble. And about phase nine, their wings start to move in this slow, methodical movement. And it Mm. reminded me the first time I saw it, the first time I saw this was with my own mother Mm, when she mm -hmm. was dying in Mm -hmm. 2002. And so their wings start to move and it creates an upward pull, it creates a vortex mm-hmm. similar to a funnel cloud. Mm-hmm. And it has an upward pull. It feels like when you're in the car wash at the end of the car wash, yeah. and they turn the dryers on and it's sucking all the water off your car. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. And so that's how the spirit separates from the body through this vortex. When we read stories and accounts of near-death experiences, what do they mm-hmm. all talk about? Going through the vortex, going through the tunnel. The tunnel, yeah. That's what I see. The other thing that's interesting is when I was writing Angelic Attendance, just for kicks, I Googled giant owl wing vortex. Come to find out, fun. there's this thing called the wingtip vortex mm. that causes lift in every bug, bird, plane, jet, kite, anything that flies. If you Google wingtip vortex, you will get thousands and thousands of aeronautical engineering drawings, articles, pictures, images of wingtip vortices in the Mm -hmm. air underneath jet wings. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, again, science is catching up with woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. The other thing about this that I found so interesting when this Pope showed up as my spirit guide and I said to him, and he was obviously a Pope, he had his Pope outfit on, you know, so Uh I would know know who he was again, a spirit, my frame of reference. And I said, well, who are you? And he said, I'm Clement. And I said, I don't know that there was Pope Clement. I never heard of Pope Clement. (laughs) And he laughed and he said, well, I was number six. I said, okay, how can I help you? He said, you're supposed to teach the world what happens when somebody dies because people are so afraid mm-hmm. and it's all been bastardized. It's crazy. You know, it's glorious. And so when I left my mentor's office on, I Googled him, come to find out this guy was in office during the black plague mm. when two, two 
two thirds of Europe died mm-hmm. and he's best known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. Mm. And I thought, Ryan, you can't make that stuff up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I never heard of this guy. And he's mm-hmm. showing up telling me I got to teach the world what happens when somebody dies. And yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I love that. that. That's like, um, you know, I love that, you know, we should be open to how our angels appear and communicate to us. Cause it's not always going to be like the classical movie version. Yeah. Um, mine Mine show up as bubbles, like you're saying. <laughs> they show up as bubbles. Um, and so it was almost kind of like little bubbles when you're blowing bubbles, bubbles. But also they show up um, using nature. So um, so if, I, if I, I hear a tone, a frequency, and then I see like this whoosh in a circle, almost like a vortex of, of um, flower petals, just woo you know I'm like oh okay so I guess we're gonna go over there <laughs> so maybe I'm going for a walk or whatnot but I'm really open to um just the different ways in which um they will communicate with me and and I don't know about yours but mine doesn't tell me what to do they just present things yeah. and then it's for me to decide uh do you well, want to yeah. do it do you not want to do it yeah you know yeah but and um may I say something about the bubbles yeah. real quickly the bubbles uh, trigger me in that orbs, like orbs that we'll see in a photograph, mm-hmm, family mm-hmm. photograph. And, and people send me photographs all the time and they'll say, who is this? Because it's a spirit that's showing up. Our cameras take the picture so fast that it shows up as an orb. And sometimes if you blow up those pictures, you can see a face inside. Ooh, I got to do that. I yeah. have to do that. That's, that's interesting. a good one. The other thing that's interesting is baby spirits attached to the mom's energy field, sometimes years before they incarnate, before they're mm-hmm. conceived, and they look like an orb. Now, when I am talking about orb, I'm talking about like Glenda, the good witch flies into munchkin land in an orb <laughs> in the Wizard of Oz. That's what they look like. They're different sizes, like the bubbles, iridescent sometimes. And, and so the baby's energy is above the mom's shoulder. And if somebody's having twins, there'll be twin energies above the shoulders and the adopted baby's energies attached to the adopted mom's energy field, just like the birth babies attached Mm. to the birth mom's energy field. So I find Mm. that fascinating as well. I like that, especially with the adopted um, aspect of it, because um, there's a lot of people who who adopt and they're just kind of, you know, it's like, well, what what's so special with this one? Why this one that you all of a sudden feel pull to? And maybe that maybe it is because of of, of that precognitive bubble that that's already connected there. Um, so, what is the common message that most of our angels are trying to tell us? That you're loved, you're not alone, you're loved, spirit is pure love, and and you can be, do, and have anything you want. You just follow your guidance, but the key is you got to take action. Mm. You got to take action. And back to the two-minute rule, Vaughn, what we do is we stay in fear. We're hardwired for fear. We're all waiting for Mm. that saber-toothed tiger to come attack us, but he's been gone for millions of years. And and the thing is, when we're in fear, we're trying to control a situation that's an illusion. Mm-hmm. So we stay on a hamster wheel and nothing changes. So we can be, we all create, that's why we come in to create, but we can become conscious creators mm-hmm. instead of unconscious creators and letting things happen to us. We can be creators and help things happen, you know, that we want to create based on being in alignment. All you have to do is say, is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? If it isn't, you know, that's a fear and that will lessen the fear enough that you can take a step. doesn't mean that you have to invest in a, you know, some big real estate investment deal. It might mean that you go to the internet and you look, you look up a website on something Mm -hmm. and then that leads you to another website. You know how you'll be on a website. And then before you know it, you're like five websites from where you originally started. You don't even mm-hmm. remember how you got there. You're led to the next step and that's mm-hmm. how it works. Right. Right. I like that. Um, you know how I know when you, when you, when you learn 
how to be a medical intuitive and learn how to communicate with your angels or other people's angels. And then, of course, energy healing comes with the territory because everything is healing. Um, <clears throat> but you also get information from past lives. Now, um, do you get information about parallel lives that your client is living or future lives that, that is existing right now? Do you get any I of can. that? I can. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because communicating with spirit is all the same. Once you know how to communicate with spirit, you can take it anywhere you want. And so the past life thing is really interesting because it gives us an idea of how things that are happening in our current life, what are we exploring based on what have we experienced in past lives? And we can get information oftentimes, Vaughn, that can be corroborated with historical documents online. Right. So it's right. really fun when that happens. As far as parallel lives, yes, we can do that. As far as future lives, the future is fluid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there are a bazillion variables that come into effect an outcome our right. free will, somebody else's free will, global pandemics, whatever. And so I can give a client, here's what I'm getting right now at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. It may be different tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. All I can give you is what's happening now. And I tell people, if mm -hmm. you have a psychic or a medium that says, okay, I have 100% accuracy rate. Well, run the other direction right, because right. nobody does because things are fluid. The future is always fluid. When we get what's happening right now, it gives us a probability mm -hmm. of what could happen, what's likely to happen, but nothing's set in stone. Things that are past are set. Things that are happening right now are set. Things that are in the future are fluid. Right, right. Yeah. The thing, the thing um, in, in Buddhism, you know, cause a lot of people, they want to know a lot of the same thing. Um, am I going to find love? There's always that love question. Am I going to find true love? I'm going to be happy in my love um, relationship. That's the common one. And then, of course, money. That's survival. That's a survival question because nobody wants to be broke, poor, and sick. Um, so that's a survival question. But the other thing is, um, like that that fear. I, I think it's a primal fear of dying, um, of being irrelevant, of just not being of value to other people or to society or, or whatnot. And so wanting to know what's in the future, like, what do you see in my future? Chris, the ball is a very, very common question. And the minute you bring up a potential timeline that is not desirable, you've already changed it by presenting the information by presenting or asking a question and then getting the, a potential answer of, oh, this is probable based on existing, what's existing and how you are right now, you've already changed it. Because then at that point, they can decide if they want to walk into it, which oftentimes they don't want to walk into it if they don't like it, or they do want to walk in and step into that timeline if they do like it. So, um, you know, when when people come to you and you're you're teaching people how to use these skills and they want to learn not just about reading past lives to kind of mitigate patterns that are repeating that's not successful for them in this life, but then also um, mitigate what they're doing now to get into a future timeline that they want to experience more of. I mean, how can we, how can we get, take the, these six senses so that we're living the best present life so that we, you know, move forward into a positive future timeline that we want to step into? Great question. And I think there's, uh, there are several answers. It's kind of multi-layered answer. Number one, whenever somebody wants to know what's going to happen in the future, they're trying to control. Control mm. comes out of fear. So when mm. you're in fear, you're out of alignment with your spirit. So we effort and struggle and effort and struggle and try and make things happen coming from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we're in alignment with our spirit, again, is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? Yes or no. Then what happens is things flow smoothly mm -hmm. and led and it's elegant and it unfolds and it unfolds sometimes in ways that we haven't envisioned, but it's better than what we've envisioned in most. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that's number one. The other thing, as far as using the skill sets, is I really, in my classes, Vaughn, I really, really hammer this two minute rule. When mm. we're in alignment, we're guided. We trust the people we need, the situations we need are going to show up right when we need them. Mm-hmm. Quick story. And we live our lives like that. Quick story. I was flying to Los Angeles. I live in Birmingham, Alabama in the Southeast. And I was flying to Los Angeles several years ago and I was going to see my doctor and it was mother's day. She was coming in to see me. I was in town on business. I was going to be there like 48 hours. She was coming Mm -hmm. in on mother's day to see me. Mm -hmm. My flight was late. I wanted to stop by someplace and pick up a bouquet of flowers to take her as a thank you. I wasn't going to have time because by the time I picked up my car and got to her office, I wasn't going to have time. So I thought as the plane was pulling into the gate, I wonder if some of the gift shops in the airport might have Mother's Day flowers, just, Mm -hmm. you know, just for the travelers. And I thought, okay, well, I'm uh, hopefully I'll find something in the airport. I get off the plane, Vaughn. I'm telling you within five minutes, this woman walks walks by me and she had this big bouquet of gladioli. And I said, oh, your flowers are beautiful. Happy Mother's Day. She said, here, take them. I said, no, 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 no. She said, I'm flying to New York. They're more of a hassle than they're worth. If you're going to be here, please enjoy them. Mm. Take them. So I had this beautiful, huge bouquet of gladioli for free that Mm -hmm. I found in the airport that I took to my doctor. So I think that's a great example of, I put that intention out there. I'm going to look and see if there are flowers available in the airport thinking I'm going to buy them in a gift shop. Mm. I didn't have to buy them and they weren't in a gift shop. They came to me and they were a gift to me that I could in turn give to somebody else. And I think that's a great example of how, when we put an idea out there and then we stay in alignment, those signs come to us. We're led, we'll get an Mm. idea, check this website, talk to this person, Mm -hmm. go to this event. And you think, I'm not going to know anybody there. Why do I need to go to this event? You don't know who you're going to meet. Mm-hmm, you don't know mm-hmm. what's gonna, what the conversation is going to be. You're being led. Take action again. Yeah, I really like that. Um, what about parallel reality? Do you got any advice for, for helping your parallel selves in other realities or getting information from your parallel selves to help you in this reality that you're in? Do you, get, do you dabble into that? Topic? I, I don't, because I think that goes back to the control thing, mm-hmm. you know, what, so what, if you got a parallel reality, there are, there was a gal that was in my January class. Who's a quantum physicist who teaches at Oxford. Mm. And she explained to us that everything is source, everything. There are some quantum physics principles that everything comes from one cell, one mm-hmm. molecule. And so we have multiple parallel universes going on where our attention is, is where we're going to create. So the past life stuff I find interesting because it can give us a clue of what perspective of this same script are we exploring in this life that we've already explored in perhaps many past lives. Right. Right. Number one, number two, when past lives come in with the causing an energy block, energy blocks look to me when I'm doing a medical healing, energy healing, they look to me like a little kernel of popcorn bond Mm -hmm, and they get stuck in the energy field. And then other life events, emotional energy piles, piles, piles on top of it, eventually causing enough pressure causes a blowout in the membrane, then you're Mm -hmm. leaking energy. So what I find is whatever that past life event or event in this lifetime mm-hmm. is I'm given that information and it's like pulling the onion out at the root. Mm-hmm. You know how in psychotherapy, the therapist may say, now Vaughn, we're going to explore your life and it'll be like peeling an onion, a layer at a time. Mm-hmm. I want to get the onion out by the root. What I find is whatever shows up that energy block where it originated, we eradicate that gets rid of all the rest of the energy blocks that have piled on top of it throughout the person's lifetime. It's very, very effective. And I've never seen the energy field membrane rupture again after it's been healed. I'm not mm. saying that it can't, but I've never seen it in tens of thousands of clients. I love that. I love that. So 
where can we start learning some of these um, these skills that you have? Do you offer courses and books on how to connect to your angels and basically to spirit? Okay, yeah, tell I us do. about it. I do, absolutely. Everything's at AskJulieRyan.com. I have a weekly show Thursday nights from 8 to 10 Eastern. People call in from all over the world and they ask me about medical stuff, their pets, their deceased loved ones. We talk to deceased loved ones, past lives, whatever. It's a blast. Love life stuff you know, uh, whatever, should we buy this house? Is this a good job for me? Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much fun, fun. Cause it's always different every week. That's number one. I do have classes. I teach a big class quarterly that uh-huh. they people learn how to do all this stuff that I do. I have a new class that's going to be out hopefully this month. And it's going to be self-paced online, just communicating with spirit and the 12 phases of transition. Anybody mm-hmm. that's interested in the 12 phases of transition, go on askjulieryan.com. There are illustrations there. You can download a chart. And if you have a loved one who's dying, just ask in your head or aloud, what phase of transition is my mom in? Is my grandmother mm-hmm. in? Is mm-hmm. my dog in? You'll get an answer. And, and then you can refer to the chart. I have several books, angel messages or angelic attendance. What really happens as we transition from this life into the next is has illustrations in it. It has, you know, graphics and stuff about what happens, the phases of transition, angel messages for cats, angel messages for kids and angel messages for dogs. And these are children's books, Vaughn, that I was asked to write that help children understand some of this um, energy stuff. You know, what happens when somebody dies, all of that, you can see the illustrations are darling. So anybody that's interested in my books, if you want a free copy, all you have to do, it's to all of your listeners, I'm offering a free copy. All you have to do is go to askjulieryan.com, go to the Ask Julie button, put in a note. Hey, I heard you on Vaughn's show. I would love a copy, a free copy of your books, and we'll send you the, the digital download and the audiobook download for free. So Ooh, the audio that's that was audible yeah. is great, especially if you're working out or, you know, you just want something to play exactly. while you're cleaning house. Uh, that, that's such a gift. Thank you so much for gifting oh, the audience that copy. Now, um, do you have a last message for fifth dimensional humans of earth? Yeah, you can be, do and have anything you want. Just do your best to stay in alignment with your spirit. And then when you get guidance, if it feels neutral or good, take action. I love it. Well, Julie, thank you for offering your knowledge on how to communicate with our angels and deceased loved ones. And for more information, everyone, again, about Julie Ryan's books and offerings, please visit her website, AskJulieRyan.com. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.